0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile.
2: Contact Talk Radio.
1: Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for real answers. a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner. Live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. change yourself, change the world.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner and this is real answers and this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I have Amy Jo Goddard, who is, um, has a book coming out in just about a week. It's called Woman on Fire, nine elements to wake up your erotic energy, personal power and Seco- sexual intelligence. And it's coming out September uh, 29th. AJ has an extensive background in sexual education, in uh, working with people to really be able to connect in deeply with who they are, um, their erotic, their sexual self, and bringing that out more in the transformations that are going to happen in their life because of that. And I wanted to spend a little bit more time with her today so that she can tell you a bit about her book. She can tell you a little bit more about what it is that she does. And specifically talking about how you know what are the things that block us from finding our, our um, creative our sexual voice, and what is it that um, we can do about it? Okay, so AJ, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kate. It's great to be back. Great. So, um, could you explain a little bit where you come from as far as your whole new model for understanding sexuality? So, what what's this all about?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think a lot of times when people want to do some work on their sexuality, they feel very overwhelmed by it. Um, you know, the first chapter of, of woman on fire is called the big round ball because, uh, that, and that came from a conversation with a woman I had been speaking with for quite a while about maybe doing one of my women's sexual empowerment programs, uh, or some coaching. And, and she said, you know, I just feel like my sexuality is this big round ball and I don't know what to grab onto or how to get in. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's, it's such a good metaphor. And I feel like that's how so many people feel about it. Um, so I'm always really looking for ways to break things down and ways to make it feel, uh, you know, maybe be attainable or, or, or like something we can really deal with in chunks that makes sense. And I'm always looking to create frameworks for people. So, so this book, there's, there's a couple of frameworks in the book that really are based on the work I've been doing with women for, for years. Um, one of the primary pieces is, you know, the, the book is arranged around these nine elements of sexual empowerment and, uh, you know, that was not an intellectual exercise. It was something that really came organically out of the work I was doing. So, you know, like you mentioned, voice, voice is the first element. Um, And then we move
1: into,
2: you know, release and emotion and the body and then desire and and so on. So, you know, I think when when we start to break it down, we understand there are these different parts of, of our sexuality then it feels doable, and and some people have more work to do in certain areas than others, um, you know. But my model of sexuality that I really come from is that it is our core energy, mm-hmm. and it fuels everything we do. It um, it is the creative energy. It is that creative well uh, that we use to do all of the things that we're here to create. I think we're creative beings. We're here to create in the world. And so whether you use your sexual energy for making love or having sex or making babies, or you use it for art making and community building and cooking beautiful meals, you know, uh, creating music, things like that. Um, that energy is that, that, well, it is that source. And so that's, that's really the, the, the core model and, and, you know, and that, you know, there, there's more pieces to that, um, but that it really, as we exert that energy in the world, we're able to connect more, we're able to, you know, claim our own space more and really
0: have more of our own, our own personal power. Right. So to just build on that a little bit, because I think a lot of times it's true that when people are talking about sex or when they're thinking about sex, they think about inactivity, you know, and versus this core energy, this true, deep expression of self that can manifest in so many different ways. Exactly. And, and was there, I mean, when you were kind of like, was this, um, a learned experience? In other words, was this sort of like, this is how it came through me. This is what I kind of learned through working with people or was there a, you know, were there different sort of scholars or, or people that you turn to, to kind of get more understanding of kind of how this deep wellspring of, of energy comes through our life? I mean, I've
2: studied sexuality f- for over 20 years, um, so of course I've studied so many people's work. Um, I can't pinpoint, like, oh, it was this person's work that really, really helped me figure this piece out. Um, I feel like I've been influenced by, by a lot of people. Um, it really did come through the work. It came through watching people. It came through um, watching myself and my own growth. and. Mm-hmm. And really feeling into that energy and being very tapped into it and, and very open to it in a way that a lot of people are not, because we don 't learn to be open to it right. uh, and then seeing people 's struggles with that part, you know women will come to me in a lot of frustration and a lot of you know confusion about how to best express their sexuality because of the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't live in a world that, that it gives us a very limited permission. You know, it's like you get to be really sexy, like this glossy sexualized version um, Mm -hmm. of sexuality. But a lot of times it's very, very devoid of substance. You know, I think the way it gets depicted in, in like mass media and things like that. So As the women who, who come to me are, they're very deep people. They're people that are really on, on a self-transformation path. And so they're trying to look at this in a deeper way and they know there's more to it than that. And they're really trying to figure out where their, where their place is to, to be who they are, wholly as sexual people, to, to be as sexy as they want to be and to also be free to really express who they are without feeling like they're going to be predated on, like they're going to be, um, you know, just this object, um, and, and, and that they're going to be at risk, you know, that they're going to be safe. Um, it doesn't feel safe for a lot of people.
0: Right. Um, so, kind of building on that idea of, of how our, you know, our, our sexuality is, um, kind of mm, co-opted or, um, twisted by the outside world. It's just like, um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this, but, uh, Jessica Valenti talking about kind of orgasm inequality. Mm -hmm. And, and so could you say a little bit about that? Like the, the way that women's sexuality gets shaped because of the world that we live in and because we're sort of having an overlay of a, maybe a more, um, you know, male view, masculine view of sex.
2: Yeah. I mean, so many ways, my God, um, you know, I'm so, there's so many pieces to it, um, Certainly on a personal level, so many women are not, I think just really, and particularly in heterosexual relationships, are not having the fulfilled sex that they want. I mean, I know that because I talk to them about it all the time. Uh, they don't know how to get their needs met, and they don't even know often what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think a lot of women don't know is because we've been following this very male model of Sexuality, mm-hmm. and it's a very linear model. It's it's you know it's this model that talks about foreplay like a throwaway, mm-hmm. and I don't even like the word foreplay because I think it, right. it it's like for what you know yeah, right I mean, the things that tend to fall under you know quote unquote foreplay are the things that that get women off. How right. is that not sex or not like? the main course you know and so it's this very intercourse centric model where you know a penis and a vagina is like you know that's what we're working to get to and everything else is is sort of like lead up or or you know come down from that Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of men are really dissatisfied with that model too, you know and and so I think what happens is that particularly for heterosexual women they're following the sexuality of men. They're following this model. They're following their male partners because women are also socialized to be chased, to wait, to let them come to us. You know, obviously, you know that's changing, and and a lot of women are really going for the things they want, you know, sexually and otherwise in the world. Uh, but I still think, you know, even powerful women who are who are powerful in their careers and in other ways will wait. Mm-hmm. sexually, and romantically, and intimately, and 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 let it come to them rather than making bolder moves or saying, this is what I want, or this is the kind of sex I want to have. And it's not, it doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think we need a lot of permission to say, I want something different. Right. And
0: let's discover what that is. <laughs> and so <there's a> <laughs> the sex we can be having. <laughs> But in your book, The Woman on Fire, it's like each one of these components, as you were saying, like the, you know, the voice and the body and everything like that gives, you know, women an opportunity to kind of tap in and be able to explore this like and aspect of their sexuality so that then they're able to kind of look at it from new perspectives and maybe experiment and maybe think outside of the box so that they can start to move into what's more fulfilling for them. Exactly. Exactly.
2: You know, I think, I think, you know, one of the elements is permission. And I, I really see that as one of my biggest roles in the work that I do. I give people a lot of permission to Mm -hmm. explore the things they want to explore, to like the things that they like, and to not like the things that they don't like. You know, I, I say at one point in the book, something that a lot of people really never say, I, I say, you know, it's okay to not like sex. Mm-hmm. And in the world we live in, I think for a woman who's like, I really just don't like it. Mm-hmm. She feels like there's something really wrong with her mm-hmm. and that's okay. You right, know, as maybe, well. maybe that's not your expression of this energy. That's okay. But there are other expressions of it. And that doesn't mean you're not a sexual person. It doesn't mean you, you don't have a sexuality. Right. Uh, so-, so I, I, I think it, ultimately I want them to give permission to themselves, but that, you know, that's the door I think I take people through.
0: Right. Really opening up your mind to be able to see this sexual dynamic life force, you know, energy as your sexuality and in however it chooses to be expressed versus just a, um, like just having the act of sex. And so being able to open up to that in that, you know, um, erotic experience. Yeah. Yeah,
2: well, and thinking that you have to be this sexualized object that is there to please your partners, mm-hmm. um, and that is some version of what you've learned in the media, and we all learn that. I've learned that. We all learn that. No one is, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I want? You know, kind of buffered. immune. Yeah. No, no one's immune. Yeah, that's the word I wanted. No one's immune. Uh, we all live in this soup. We live in this this. Crazy soup and and this idea of sexuality—we learn it from from day one, from when we're little, you know. And so there's a lot to unlearn,
0: right? And there's a critical part about um, you know uh, being able to express your full self. And I almost want to use the word define, but it, it's like being able to know mm-hmm. who it is that you you kind of truly are. What your what your gift is, what your energy is like, what your expression is like, all of this different stuff that has so much to do with the way that we're interacting in every single aspect of Mm -hmm. our lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you could say something about what, what kind of tools do you offer people in order to be able to have kind of like a deeper access to... To their sexual erotic self? Well, there's a lot
2: of tools, um, and I think it's it's really a process of you know pract- I, I like to encourage people to create practices of their sexuality, for mm-hmm. one um, in the way that many people have a spiritual practice
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that brings it to the front burner, you know, a lot of people will wait and wait and wait thinking like someday my sexuality is just going to be a priority again and be great. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to do that unless you do, unless you choose to make that happen. Uh, right. so, so, I mean, that's, that's a piece, but certainly the voice is, is a big one. I start the elements with the voice and, and I start most of my work with people with voice because I think, you know, for women in particular, it's a place where we've really lost our voice and we're, we're working to regain our voice as, as sexual people. And to say, no, that's, that's not what I want. Yes, this is what I want. Um, to use our voice sexually is, is a huge part of our power. And yet most of us, you know, we learn all the, all the tools that actually give us the most pleasure, not all of them, but a lot of the tools that, that give us the most pleasure, we learn to squelch. We learn to stuff down and not express. So, you know, when we're young and, and we're trying to not get caught, you know, either masturbating or having sex with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, or sexual play when we're, when we're children, you know, all of those things, we're, we're trying to not get caught. So we're being quiet. So we're not expressing, uh, vocally. We are holding our breath, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, we're not really getting into our breath and, and deepening, the life force that we're bringing in, which is one of the things that helps people to have, you know, bigger orgasms or to have orgasms for the first time. Mm-hmm. If you're shutting down your breath entirely, you're not going to be able to to do that. And learning to play with our breath, learning to really use our voice, are are incredibly important. Uh, and and so we all learn to like have this very quiet, clandestine version of sex, and and then that also contributes to our shyness about it. Uh, and And you know, of course, a lot of the feelings about our bodies and, and hiding ourselves and, and all of the things that go with that
0: mm-hmm. um, you know
2: if you grew up in a household where there was really healthy attitudes about sex, i mean good on you that 's awesome, <laughs> uh, most of us did not <laughs> I did not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know with the voice it's learning how to be able to express your yourself in um in a way that you know really represents what 's going on inside of you, and I also hear that you're relating the voice to um, this like to breathing to people being able to connect in more with their, um, their body, because that's another one of the things that keeps us from being able to really experience our, our full selves and our full selves sexually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very, our voices are pleasurable. It, it
2: it feels good to sing i mean i i sing completely off key most of the time but <laughs> it feels i love to be in my car and to sing and to just belt out a song right. that I, so i mean that feels good it feels good you know some people love to to, to just hear themselves talk you know sometimes too much but you know we, <laughs> we, i like it's it's satisfying and the, there's you know, if you actually uh you know, I, I wrote about this recently, if you actually look at images of the vocal cords inside the body, it it is almost an exact match of the vulva of the parts. Oh, wow, that's it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, we literally have this mirror image in our voices that we have in our in our yonis.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and you know, and I think that that's also just, it's very powerful and it's very interesting. Um, So I encourage you go, go look up, go look up. You can actually find videos on YouTube of, of the vocal cords moving when mm. someone's speaking and there's a, there's a movement and an orgasmic nature to sure. it. It's, it's right. quite beautiful actually. Right. So, so yeah. And then the other piece around voice is, is just the stories that we're telling ourselves. I mean, we have to, we have to shift that internal voice. And so that's a lot of the work I do with people as well. It's, you know, what are the stories you've told yourself? How are you telling your sexual story and your, your history or your history? Um, and what needs to
0: shift so that that can be a more empowered story? Right. Great. So let's talk a little bit about that, more about that when we come back from break. So this has been um, doctor Hate signer and Amy Jo Goddard talking about um, uh, Women on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And it's coming out September 29th. And we're going to be back to talk a little bit more about how your story Um, shapes your sexuality.
1: Educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com. Are you ready to step into your greatest potential? Your potential for joy, love, success, and fulfillment? Dr. Kate Life Work Community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams. The Work Community is a place where true freedom is realized. Freedom from repression, struggle, and lack. A place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself. A place where you can be seen and celebrated. During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesiner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting.
0: This is Dr. Kate Seiner, and I am here with sexual empowerment coach, Amy Jo Goddard. And um, we are talking about topics related to her book coming out on September 19th, Woman on Fire, Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And just before the break, we were talking about um, some of uh, Amy Jo's model around sexuality, what, what, how we can think about sexuality as being about our core self versus a, you know, just an act that we do. And we started to touch upon this idea of story. So, um, AJ, uh, would you like to say a little bit more about how you think our sexual stories um, influence us?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, we all have stories. We all have stories of our firsts, stories about our desire. Um Sometimes we have trauma stories. Um, we have stories that are imbued with shame or guilt, depending on what we've learned. Um, we have stories of, of joy and, and expansion when we tap into our sexuality uh, in a way that teaches us something new and helps us to really expand who we are. And I think, you know, sexuality is that transcendent and, um, and that powerful. And so, so I think we have to look at, you know, what are the stories that I'm walking around with about my sexuality? And I hear, I hear these things from people all the time, you know, it might be things, there's a lot of negative stories that really don't support us to be all of who we are. And, And a lot of those can have to do with the body um, how we feel about our bodies, how imperfect our bodies are. Uh, a lot of them have to do with how we like do sex, you know, how, how we show up in sex, how much pleasure we're able to experience. Uh, you know, I, I did a, a TEDx talk in 2013 and I talked about the story that so many people have around feeling like they're sexually broken and, It's just such a, I hear that word from people so often. It is astounding. Um, This idea that there's something broken, there's something unfixable, there's something um, that's not possible for me that other people get to have. Mm. And I think those stories are the ones that, you know, that really hold people back the most and, and that they've got to break through. And, you know, and that's a lot of the work that I do with people is helping them break through the stories that just really are not serving them and, and get to the gold because that's really what we all want. Mm-hmm. We want more connection and more pleasure and all of that juicy, delicious part.
0: <laughs> and so when someone kind of gets caught up in a, in the story of, of being broken of, you know, do you think that that has a lot to do with some of the myth that surrounds sexuality of what it is supposed to be like? Oh yeah, Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Because we're comparing ourselves to all these false ideals. I mean, how you don't really get to see how real people have sex, you know, unless you spend time in, you know, group sex environments uh, or you have a lot of sexual partners, you really don't get to see how other people do it because certainly pornography for the most part is not showing us real sex. I mean, there's a lot of feminist pornography that is being made now by, by women and by queer people. And, and there are, you know, some really different approaches to some of that, but a lot of the erotic imagery we see is, is really false and it's designed for the camera. Uh, and so we're all, you know, and then there's just all the mainstream, images of women's bodies and, and what sexiness really is means. And so we're comparing ourselves all the time to these false ideals and we don't really get to see what real sex looks like. And, you know, real sex is awkward. It's funny. It's, uh, you know, it, it can be rich and deep. It can have lots of different rhythms to it. Uh, there's not just one way to do it. And I think, you know, we, we've learned such a limited idea of of what real sex is that people are constantly trying to figure out, am I doing it right? Uh, Mm -hmm. am I okay? And that's really, I think what people want to know is that they're okay. Right. You're okay.
0: You're okay. (laughs) And so like uh, the word that comes up when you're talking is the word intimacy, right? And in intimacy, it's not about Um, perfection. As a matter of fact, perfection or ideals, in a sense, are a block to intimacy because it's way more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. We have too many other dimensions um, in that when we are truly able to be intimate with people, what sexually, not sexually, whatever, when we're truly able to be intimate with people, we're bringing that whole, we're bringing that all of us Right. And, and so by being willing to bring more of ourselves to our relationships and specifically to our sexual relationships, there is a richness that comes out of that, that has an authenticity to it that isn't found when it's more, say, performance based or more based on a story. Exactly. Exactly. You Um, know, uh,
2: that's something I talk about quite a few times in the book is that, you know, when you really lock into your authentic sexual self and your own erotic authenticity and you start showing up as emotionally powerful as, you know, uh, really, really tapped in and clear about, you know, this is who I am. I'm not hiding myself. I mean, you, that enriches every relationship. You're, you're a better partner. You're, you're someone people want to be in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, ideal. We, we want to have two people that are, are
0: showing up that way, and then we're going to create something really rich out of that. Right. And then there's the knowing that you get about yourself and the knowing that you get about another person Um, kind of through that experience of being, you know, more available. And I would think that one of the is kind of similarly to how you were talking about sexuality in, you know, all aspects of our life in this similar way. It's just like when we engage with life fully, Mm -hmm. when we're able to be really Um, present to and intimate with, you know, whether it's our, our business, whether it's a, you know, a meal, it doesn't matter. You can really apply it to so many different areas. But when that is possible, this whole new level of, of life really opens up. And, um, can you say, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're in agreement with me about this. Can you say a little bit more about it?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, I think that
2: you know, I talk a lot about personal power with people and what that means. And I think a lot of women recoil a little bit from talking about or thinking about power because we've often experienced power as, as power over. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we're the ones one has power over. And you know, what I'm really talking about is power with and, and power within. Mm -hmm. And when you are fully tapped into who you are as a sexual being and you are, you are not afraid of that energy and in fact you know how to use that energy in an expert way. Um, you are able to direct your life in so many different ways mm-hmm. and you're able to really fully step into your power in a way that you can't without it. And I think a lot of, you know, there's sort of the stereotype, like in corporate of the corporate woman who has to, in order to work her way up, right. The corporate like CEO or the, the, uh, executive who, you know, in order to do well in her career, you know, had to kind of shut down her own sexuality and, move up the ranks and kind of like, quote unquote, play the man's game. And, and I think what's happening there, and I think men do it, people of all genders do it in different ways is that we're, we're, we're kind of stuffing down this power that we actually need Mm -hmm. in order to, to be our whole selves. Uh, but it's something that we're either we're afraid of ourselves or we're afraid that other people are going to be afraid of, or are going to judge um, or are going to, uh, get predatory about, right. and so there's a lot of protection, you know, and, and, and there's no, there's no shame in that. It's, it's like, it's, it, we're, we do all of these things for self-preservation. I really believe that you can't fully step into your power without your sexuality. Like it has to come with you. And so a lot of times when women come to work with me, they've worked on these other parts of their lives, Mm -hmm. And, and they'll say, you know, I really need to do this part now. I haven't addressed this part. And I know that to really kind of get to my fullest potential, I have to do this
0: part. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to differentiate because of, you know, the way that we commonly view sexuality and, and sexual energy, It, it can often, um, be turned into, um, being, sexy or being sexual. And I think it's important to distinguish, especially as we're talking about something like the workplace, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, a, a, a powerful expression of um, a person's s- sexual energy um, might not necessarily appear like being sexy. It's not oh, right. It's not yeah about a provocative outfit or it's not about, you know, flirting with coworkers. It can be actually, um, just an embodiment and a dynamic energy that people bring to what it is that they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you said that because
2: I think a lot of times that's what people think it is. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I have to dress
0: sexier. Well, dress sexier if you want to, but it's not about that, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. About a full expression of yourself. Right. Really, really understanding that. So, okay. So, if let's look at this because I think it's such a great topic to say, okay, there are all these areas of our life, right? That we wouldn't let's get out of the bedroom for a second. There are all these areas of our life that are influenced by our connection to our own erotic energy and, and, and that our experience of our um sexual energy in these um different areas might look different than so when we're being sexy you know and so what would be some things that like a uh, uh you know someone could look at or that they might be able to do in order to start to tap into what it might be, feel like to have that part of themselves accessible in mm-hmm. other aspects of their life, like maybe if they're you know if they 're at home cooking a meal or they 're at work or something like that
2: well there's there 's different pieces to that um, you know I think there 's the fun pieces of we just really need to have more fun. we need to play more play is one of the elements in the book. Uh, how do we create playgrounds in the different parts of our lives rather than it being this like hunkering down and hard work. You know, it's like, we're so in this like hard work culture now and nobody has any time for anything and we're overscheduled and we have to, that's not going to change. The world is just, it's moving fast. It is probably going to continue to move exponentially fast. So how can you create more pleasure and more fun and more play in everything you do? You know, for me, sometimes if I'm at home, I'm like, if I'm going to cook, I'm like, I need to put on an outfit. I need to make this more fun, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, housework. It's like, you're you're dreading doing the housework. Well, like put on a tutu to do your vacuuming or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever just kind of can bring more levity to it and more pleasure. You know, I think that there's so many little things like that we can be doing. Uh, you know, and then I think in, in sort of like the bigger nature of who we are, it's really not cutting ourselves off and not, you know, I talk a lot about not leaving ourselves in the book Mm -hmm. because there's so many ways in which we leave ourselves. We're not at home in ourselves. And to me, that's really the goal is that, that we develop a self intimacy that allows us to be so at home in ourselves that we can't be rocked off our center by someone's mood, by someone's, you know, an accusation of something or some drama that happens, we are centered. We know who we are and we're not leaving ourselves to try to get the validation and the attention and the things that we think we need from other people on the outside because we're really giving it to ourselves. I mean, I think that's really the ultimate goal.
0: Right. Uh, I mean, right. I call that, you know, like being on your own side, staying on your own side as you go through things you know, versus like you're you say saying, being on Get your own, of- yeah, being on your own side,
1: or, right, you yes. know,
0: you know as you go through things if if you run into an obstacle instead of abandoning yourself, like you're saying you you know you say, huh, like you know, how do I stay with myself, how do I sort of um be a good friend to myself, be a good support to myself. Mm-hmm. and i think that that's really key especially when we're talking about the vulnerability factor um that you know you were bringing up earlier in the show and how people can feel you know when they're fully expressing themselves and how they can feel they're opening themselves up and part of the remedy to that is to know how to you know kind of stick you know hold all of yourself
2: mhm well and there's so many ways in which even without other people around, we, we leave ourselves. We, we do it through alcohol. We do it through distractions, through our gadgets, through, you know, let me just work harder. You know, I think work is a big one. Uh, I was teaching uh, a, a class last week and a lot of the participants, when I asked them, how do you avoid sex and how do you avoid the conversations that really need to be had about sex? You know, work is a big one. Oh, I just work late. You know, I stay at my computer until my, my partner's gone to bed and then I don't have to deal with it. So there's this, all these ways that we avoid rather than really being with ourselves and our feelings and what's going on for us and, and, you know, being in the, you gotta be in the thicket sometimes. Right, right.
0: We're, we need to go to um, our second break. We're going to be back in just a little bit. But I think what is is like, or I would love to touch on a little bit more is, you know, the, the why behind that. You know, so when someone hides behind their computer, when somebody hides behind work, you know, there's something about actually the, the sexual act, like being sexually involved with someone that um, brings us into act like it connects us with uh, some of our deeper emotions that we might be ignoring on a regular basis. And I think that that's an important thing to see in how your your sexual, you know, your sex life. Influences your personal development, so um, let's touch on that when we get back. And uh, thank you for joining, Amy Jo Goddard and Dr. Kate Seiner, um, here talking about sexual impairment.
1: ready to step into your greatest potential your potential for joy love success and fulfillment dr kate signer's life community is a 10-month commitment to the life of your dreams the LifeWork community is a place where true freedom is realized freedom from repression struggle and lack a place where you can go deep within and explore and transform yourself a place where you can be seen and celebrated During your year, you will learn powerful healing exercises, grow from rich transformational experiences, and learn to bring it all out into your daily life while being supported by a like-minded community of people and guided by Dr. Kate's mentorship. For more information, contact admin at katesigner.com with life work in the subject line. We look forward to connecting. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your core so you can make a difference in the world starting with yourself. Visit www.katesiner.com. That's K A T E S I N E R.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot. But the question is, how? Dr. Kate Seiner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com. all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesiner.com.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers, and I'm here with sexual empowerment coach Amy Joe Goddard. And we have been talking about, you know, how to begin to understand and access our sexuality in new and bigger ways. Um, before the break, um, specifically Amy Jo was speaking about, um, being more playful, bringing more spontaneity in and then a little bit about, you know, how people, what they use in order to avoid having the sexual conversations that they need to have or avoid sex in general. Um, and I believe that one of the reasons that people do this is because it's similar to, you know, when you know that you're going to a really intense personal development workshop or you're going to see a friend that knows you really well or you're going to see your therapist and it's just like there's something, it accesses um some really deep emotions and emotions that we might want to separate ourselves from. And so I wanted um Amy Jo to say a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I think... I think we also know that we're not going to be able to hide right? and, and uh, we learn to hide. We learn to hide about our sexuality for sure. It, it is considered a private thing. And so it becomes for a lot of people, an easy thing to hide. But when you really talk to them about what's really going on, there's, there can be incredible turmoil and, and lots going on under the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows up in our lives in, in various ways. Uh, you know, it's very distracting if we're having, you know, serious issues in our intimate relationships, in our sexual relationships. Um, if our sexual body isn't working the way we want it to work, uh, which, you know, it changes. It changes over our lives. Our, our bodies work differently. We have to, you know treat our bodies as the the friend that it is, as the temple that it is, we, it carries us around this planet, uh, and, and to continue to be curious about it. And I think a lot of people really just don't know how, mm-hmm. I think with all of what we're talking about, they just don't know how. And so, the The defense becomes to just push it to the side and just avoid dealing with it because then I don't have to face my, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and I don't really have the resources or I don't know what the resources are. I mean, there actually are resources that people don't really Mm -hmm. know. Um, and so, and, and so we just deal with it alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people deal with major life issues alone.
0: Right. And sometimes the emotions that come up when you're intimate with another person don't necessarily even have anything to do with the sexual act, in the sense that it doesn't have to do with, um, you know, a restriction or an inability to talk about it. It can actually be emotions from other aspects of your life. You're in a particular uh, stressful period, you've had a major disappointment. And, you know, because of the nature of, you know, sex and intimacy, Intimacy to bring us into deeper contact with ourselves, we can have more contact with some of these things that we might not, um, we might otherwise be able to avoid. Mm-hmm. And so from, from my perspective, a personal development perspective, I always think that like one of the th- reasons why people, you know, can sort of steer themselves away from, or find a lot of other things to do besides showing up to you know their sexual life is because there's unresolved stuff um or there's you know kind of swirling emotions that are down there that they know that they will be in contact with if they take off some of the you know the layers that they might be wearing on a daily basis Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely
2: You said it really well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Exactly what it is, Kate. so i think it's always good to talk about this like it, it, people get stuck they get you know whether it's they have something else that's going on that's distracting them they you know they've they've just been And you know some people feel that like they you know they lose interest after being with a partner for a while or that they just aren't feeling as connected to that aspect of themselves so if if you were going to give a little bit of advice besides buy my book if you were to give a little bit of advice about what it is that um, women or couples can do if they're kind of experiencing that difficulty connecting to their sexual self, what would that be?
2: I think you have to start the conversation. You know, I think you've got to get out of your own head and you've got to let your partner in and you got to stop hiding. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean that you need to share everything or you need to bust through everything all at once, but just saying I'm feeling stuck sexually and I'd really like to figure out more about what's going on with you. And I'd love for us to work on that, you know, just Mm -hmm. opening the conversation, you know, and, and you, and it can be with an, I don't know. It can be with a, this is really hard for
0: me. Mm -hmm. I
2: don't even know where to start. Right. Can you help? You know, And then you're not alone with it. And then at least you've begun a conversation, and that might lead to uh, openings. It might lead to a deeper truth. Uh, it might lead you to realize you need some support from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you have to start. And I think what people do is they stay in these relationships and they're sort of like these two very separate entities who are in their own stuff, they're in their own stories, they're in their own turmoils, they're in their own frustrations or fear or shame or whatever it is. And they're not talking about it. And so they, so you can feel so alone when you're in the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do relationships like that. Right. And what would be advice that you would have for people who are wanting to have that they're, you know, they're going to take your advice, they're going to open up the conversation. And in opening up the conversation, you know, um, just a, a little quick bit, a bit, because I want to make sure that we talk about your book before we we end for the day. But what if they're speaking to someone that they know, you know, is a difficult person to talk to about this?
2: I think you've got to disarm, uh, and sometimes that's really hard to do because people take it really personally. They immediately think that if you want to talk about sexuality, that you have a critique, right? And so I think that has to be acknowledged, um, that this isn't about any kind of critique. This is about, I want to figure out what's going on between us and make it better.
0: Right. You know, do you want that? I mean, right. I put the question back on them. Do you want that? Right. And in, in, inevitably in all relationships, right, in our relationships with our, our work and each other and all of that kind of stuff, we, we reach these points where it's like we can expand. We can grow beyond what we've been before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and that doesn't mean that what was there before was something that was probably bad. Mm-hmm. It just means that it's time to grow past it. Yeah. No, so a little reframing. Exactly. exactly. Okay, so we have got like a couple minutes left, and I just want, um, first of all, uh, how do people get a copy of your book, Woman on Fire?
2: Uh, you can get it at all the in all the major places. It's already available, uh, you know, it's on the shelves on Tuesday of next week, September twenty ninth. Yes. And, and uh it's available online for pre order. I would love for you to pre order it because you know support your authors. Uh, all the, all the pre-orders count for, for the day of release. So, so we love that. We love pre-orders.
0: Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. I I love that. I know that this book is going to be fantastic. Um, I will definitely be pre-ordering a copy myself and if people want to find out more, they want, you know, maybe to see you on your book tour or get involved with some of your work, how would they do that?
2: Yeah, I'm doing some awesome, awesome events. I'm keynoting at Sex Down South, which is a conference in Atlanta in October. I'm keynoting at Playground Conference in Toronto in November. I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to be in Philly. I'm going to be in uh, DC, I think North Carolina, I'll be doing West coast after the first of the year. So, um, definitely go to Amy, and you can find out, can get on my list and we'll keep you posted about where I am. And there's lots of resources on my website. If you like what we're talking about, lots of articles, lots of videos and, uh, come be a part of our tribe. It's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing tribe. I would love to have you be a part of it.
0: So, thank you, AJ, for joining me today. And uh, once again, her book is Woman on Fire Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And you can pre order your copy pretty much everywhere. So, um, thanks for joining me. And I will be talking to you all next week on Real Answers.
1: Thank you you've been listening to real answers with your host dr kate signer her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out visit dr kate on her website at www.katesigner.com with dr kate and see how she can help